The following program was pre-recorded on WFAN. It's time for Hello, My Name is Craig, our weekly candid conversation about gambling addiction. It's supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Now, here's Craig Carton. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Hello, My Name is Craig. Craig Carton with you for the next 30 minutes. As always, a frank, open, honest conversation about gambling addiction. Joining me, as always, from Epic Risk Management, my buddy Dan Trelaro. Danny, good morning. How are you? Craig, I'm doing great, and I just want to take a moment to say happy Father's Day. I hope you're having a great weekend. Oh, uh, thank you so much. See that? Someone remembered it's Father's I Day. I remembered. <laughs> I had a tie coming to you. <laughs> well, uh, well back, back at you as well. I know your kids are the joy of your life, and you know, for guys like us who, you know, although your kids weren't around uh, when you went through your stuff, mine were, and uh, having Father's Day where I can wake up and have all my kids in the same house with me is a very, very special day, so thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, joining us today uh, is a guest we've had on before who's also a gambler in recovery. His name is Jeff. Jeff, it's uh, Craig and Dan, of course. Thanks so much for coming back. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You know, one of the reasons we wanted you to come back, first off, let me ask, how are you, and uh, where are you in terms of your recovery? Sure, I'm, do- I'm doing great. Um, next month will be seven years. Awesome. And, um, Things get better all the time, and uh, try to stay proactive, and that's what uh, I find works. Uh, does it get easier for you, or did you get to a place uh, years ago where you figured you conquered it, and now today's just a regular day? I uh, know. You know, it, it's interesting because I always talk to uh, people that are especially newer in recovery about you know the dangers of becoming complacent. For me, because I work for a problem gambling council and I'm very active uh, in my own recovery and in helping others, uh, I haven't experienced that. It's just uh, it's just great meeting new people and sure. trying to lend them support and share my experiences. Uh, hopefully, they'll, they'll get value from it. Well, one of those people that you've met joined us on the show last week, a young man named Davis. And the reason I wanted you to come on today, and Dan and I talked about it, was that Davis represents, you know, you know, a clientele that is the fastest growing with legalized online gambling, and that's young male adults. I think Davis right. is 21, 22 years old. And he mentioned that he found a Reddit, an online Reddit community of uh, compulsive gamblers in recovery, and without that, he might not have gotten help as quickly as he did. And then Dan was right. telling me that, that's your community, that you're responsible for that Reddit uh, chat. So I wanted to walk through that. First off, when did you start it? And if you give us a little background on it and an example of how many people come through that. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, it was actually uh, in the end of, uh, of, of 2018. And my recovery was uh, going well. I reached... Um, a plateau in terms of I didn't really struggle with gambling urges. Uh, I'm working for a problem gambling council. I'm going to GA, which I credit a lot for my own success and recovery. Uh, but I noticed that in my GA meetings that there seemed to have been an absence of younger people, especially younger males. And if the younger males did come into our rooms, um, they wouldn't stay very long. They'd come to a few meetings and then they'd leave. So I had an opportunity to talk to some of them, not as somebody that was pressuring it to come back to GA, 
but somebody, because I work in the field, in the recovery field, wanting to know what the issues were. I knew these people were in pain, they were struggling, but yet they weren't staying in a recovery group like GA. And I heard some of the same kinds of responses. Uh, Number one is the generational divide, not only in terms of age, but in terms of the forms of gambling that a lot of people in GA engaged in. If they were gambling 20, 25 years ago, the landscape of gambling is totally different than what it is today. Now, in fairness, you know, I'm, I'm in my 60s, so I'm not coming to them as somebody that is in, the, in their age group. I'm coming to them as an older person, but wanting to understand what we could do to reach out to these 20, 25, even 30-year-olds that maybe felt disenfranchised by some of the groups like GA and, and other national and international recovery groups. And let me stop you on that. Is In, in sure. having those conversations... Was it more that the older guard that, you know, frequents those uh, types of meetings couldn't relate to the manner in which the younger player gambles, or was it the opposite of that? Yeah, you know, it's it's, it's interesting. I'm not sure it's, it's so much of not being able to relate, but I, I think it has a lot to do with connection. You know, a younger guy comes into a GA room. Sometimes they come in kicking and screaming, all the time they come in, and, and, and they really don't want to be there. I mean, I didn't want to be sure, there. Sure, none I, of us did. Right. So we look for that connection, something that we can relate to from others that will keep us in. So this is not the fault of anybody that is in GA, but it, I think it, it relates to just the, the again, the, the changing landscape of gambling. Well, so. you know, I think there's, a, there's also a part of it, and I experienced it. I've been very open about it. You know, I hated uh, the first room I walked into. I hated the second room. I hated the third room. And I was a little bit unique in that I walked into a room, and a good portion of the people in the room knew who I was immediately. So it was a little bit different. But, right. you know, I didn't I, – I felt awkward. I felt uncomfortable in there. You know, but – uh, you know, there's an aspect to this where I also think what we have to be really cognizant of is that your generation, you're only a few years older than me, my generation, Dan's generation, we grew up communicating with each other. Right. The, the young men and women that are now presenting with gambling problems have grown up in an era where they don't talk to each other. They text each other. Absolutely. So now asking you know, a 23-year-old kid to now bear his or her soul verbally is very tough for them to do. Yeah, and, and, and that's a great point, Craig. I think also in terms of, you know, in GA rooms, and you probably experienced this, but we have a, a tradition of exchanging phone numbers. So we tell people, especially that are new, if you're struggling, hey, give us a call. Well, I know the 20, 25, 30-year-olds even, they don't call. They right. text. Right. So if you don't have somebody that texts, then what, what are they going to do? Sure. Um, I also work, you know, uh, shifts on a problem gambling helpline, and that's great. But, again, it's the whole notion of are people going to call or are they much more apt to text? More and more these helplines are getting into the text and chats rather than the calls just to keep up with the times. We have to go where they are. We yeah. can't expect them to come to us. They're in pain. They're struggling. 
we have to we have to do what they're comfortable in doing if we're going to reach out to these. So people. let me bring Dan in on that. Dan spent yeah. uh, a good portion of the last year on college campuses, specifically talking to uh, athletes on campus as part of Epic's uh, relationship now with the NCAA. Dan, what have you found in relation to young people, college age kids, and maybe a little bit beyond that, graduate you know students, that kind of thing, and their willingness to open up and uh, have a conversation as opposed to you know, trying to find a safe haven via, you know, Reddit or text messaging or things like that. Yeah, you know, it's spot on, Jeff. And, you know, just thinking about the forms of gambling, how they've emerged. You know, we've seen brick-and-mortar in-person casino gambling, and then you look at people more willing to talk face-to-face and pick up the phone and call. But you see today's generation of gambler is technology, app-based, phone, Internet, you're immersed, you're isolated. So uh, when I look for help, I'm going to find those similar formats of text, chat, uh, online recovery community, because almost there, there's this level of separation, you know, there's this shame and stigma. And that's what the college athletes and the kids, you know, the, the young adults, I'll call them, will come up to me afterwards and say, you know, thank you for sharing your story. And, and showing vulnerability first to let them know it's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to not be okay. And when they can see someone that they connect with not be okay and share, you know, my side of the story and my journey, I'll have a number of athletes come up and say, listen, I'm just uncomfortable in big groups. Like, I just want to talk to somebody one-on-one. You know, they want it to be private. I I do think, you know, what Jeff's alluded to, Dan, is real. And uh, it's real because we're hearing it. And that is a 22-year-old kid doesn't want to walk into a room with 50-year-olds. No, you know, because right. it's Not like talking to their dad or their, you know, their exactly, and nobody, no, the kids don't want yeah. that. When I was when I was seventeen, I went to a gamma teen meeting. There happened to be, a, and I haven't seen one since. And this, you're talking back in 1994, gamma teen. Me, I was supposed to be with a bunch of other teenagers. Instead, it turned into a traditional GA meeting. That was my first exposure when I was 17 years old. I felt so uncomfortable because I'm among 60 and 70 year old men who were I just couldn't relate to what I thought I couldn't relate to, even though we had more in common than I realized. So I get it. You're 100% right. It's uncomfortable. How how many people, uh, you don't have to give me exact numbers, Jeff, but have you found that your Reddit uh, community has grown exponentially over the last year or so? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I said, Craig, you know, I started this in 2019, January of 2019. So this was just to orient you a a year before the lockdown. Right. And a year before, everybody got used to virtual meetings. In fact, when we started the group, it was on Skype. I don't think anybody uses Skype anymore. So um, <laughs> I started out just because I was introduced to Reddit by my son and my son-in-law, who would send me stuff from Reddit, having nothing to do with gambling. But it made me curious as to if there was any kind of a forum, they call them subreddits, on problem gambling. And I discovered this subreddit. And to my surprise and you know, to my satisfaction, I saw these young people that were posting stuff about their troubles, about right. their struggling with gambling. And it was great because they finally had an opportunity, an avenue, to be able to get it out in an anonymous way, with other people their age that were going through the same thing. The problem, at least in my view, was that there were very few solutions. So people were venting about their struggles, but there weren't very many solutions. There were some that were going to GA. There were some that were going to see therapists. But most of them were not in the place where I was and probably you guys were 
when we entered recovery that we'd be willing to do anything because we were in that desperation phase. Sure. Well, These guys weren't there yet. And when you're 20, 25, it's even more apparent that you think that you're invincible, that you can take care of it yourself. I, well, but, I mean, I felt that in my 30s and 40s, too, to be honest. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll continue on. With uh, Jeff and, of course, Dan Trelaro. this is Hello, My Name is Craig. Back to more of Hello, My Name is Craig on The Fan with your host, Craig Carton, and supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to Hello, My Name is Craig. Craig Carton with you, Dan Trelaro, of course, Epic Risk Management, and a few more moments here with Jeff, who, like Dan and I, compulsive gambler in recovery. Jeff, just give us an update on you personally, if you don't mind. Uh, I apologize for forgetting what your game of choice was and how sure. you navigated your issues to get to the place you're at today. Absolutely. Yeah, I was a casino gambler, and my, uh, my game of choice was blackjack for many, many years. Until I reached a point, which I didn't understand at the time, where blackjack was not enough for me to feed my addiction. It was too slow. Um, I didn't want to be socializing with other people sitting at the table with me. I didn't want to wait until the dealer shuffled the cards or other people played their hands. So I went right to the high limit slots where I can be isolated, where it's me and the machine, and then I can numb myself. So I, I turned from an action gambler to an escape gambler. And for my last probably eight to 10 years of gambling, it was all high limit slots. Got it. And how long did it take you to get your head on straight? Uh, how many attempts to stop did you go through before you finally did? Well, honestly, um, I never really got to that point. I got caught. I got gotcha. caught because I was engaging in behaviors that were unethical, that were illegal. Right. And I knew I was going to get caught at some point. And at that point is when I decided that I was going to come clean because my other option, which I had planned in my own head, was to really end my life. Because I didn't think that I could endure the shame and the pain of coming clean after the years and years of harm and shame and, you know, and, and, and behaviors that I was just totally immersed in. When you talk to the young gamblers that you're now talking to on a regular basis— is there a decent percentage of those kids that talk about their thoughts of suicide? There are. And, you know, again, you know, we run Zoom meetings um, and we have Zoom meetings every day um, and an additional two Zoom meetings for our members that are under age 30. And once they start to get accustomed to being with others in a safe environment, and connecting with others who are going through the same struggles, they're very open. And that happens pretty quickly. And for some of them, it, you hear heartbreaking stories. I mean, there's one thing, you know, for me, there was one thing about, you know, uh, reflecting on myself at my age, feeling the, the depression and, and desperation. But when I see somebody that's 20 or 25 feeling that way, it, you know, the, the heartbreak is compounded. But, you know, hopefully they get it out. They talk to others. They know that it's, they're not alone in those feelings. And when they see people that have experienced that and then have been in recovery for a while and have been able to address those problems that they never thought that they could address, that's what gives them the hope. And I think that's what the beauty of a group support meeting is. Yeah, I agree 100%. Tell people how they can find uh, your stuff online before we let you go. 
Sure. So um, they can, you know, I'm I'm actually on on Reddit uh, as a resource that Reddit offers. So if they go into the problem gambling subreddit, um, they can find me. They can also email me at um, join us at dcgp.org. Join us at dcgp.org. And I'll be glad to introduce them to our group, give them information. I talk individually, one-on-one with everybody before they attend their first meeting to make them comfortable, to answer any questions, and, and to, frankly, tell them what the rules of the, of the group are. I think it's great. Uh, you're paying it forward and using your life experience to help other people, especially uh, the, the younger men and women who you know, are just in a different place in life than we are, but it's something that we can relate to. And I think... You know, they're searching for help somewhere, and I, and I think rooms like yours and the technology that exists that a lot of people that are older just don't have any access to or maybe not even aware of is the right place uh, for us to be. So I appreciate you doing it. Proud of you and your sobriety, and uh, appreciate you coming back on the show, Jeff. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Have a Thanks, great Jeff. day. Thanks. You too. Bye. Yo, Dan, I'm glad we brought uh, Jeff back on there. A, to get an update and see that he's still uh, thriving and B, to know that there are people who, you know, may not be you know, Generation Z or Y or whatever generation we're in right now, but have a story that younger kids will appreciate, can relate to, and uh, use that story to then get themselves some help because there's not enough people like that out there. I agree. And, and what I love about that is, you know, as Jeff said, he's in his 60s and he saw a need on how to reach people. And he, you know, came up with an idea. And, you know, the Reddit thread, when you and I heard Davis talking about it last week, was, yeah, this is a great idea. We, we need to learn more about this. And I'm sure there's other people out there that listen to this show, and, and, and you might know of someone who's using other methods and techniques. And it's like, just like, reach out. Let us know what you're using to, to reach people who might be struggling. You know, we're, we're, if you're in recovery from gambling addiction, where did you find your resources? Yeah. You know, what did you use? And it's great that Jeff's doing that because, like David said, you know, it's, it's almost not – you're not cool if you're not gambling and the language. I, I still think about when he said they refer to themselves as a degenerate and they just kind of laugh and that's just how they talk. Yeah, it's a whole different generation. I'm trying to get that word out of everyone's mouth and uh, those kids right. are using it like it's, you know, eating M&Ms. You know, one thing I also suggest you – know, I, I went through this recently because, you know, like, like we've said a lot of times, while you make concrete gambling – you know, you leave a lot of, you know, crap in your wake. And unfortunately for me, I still have some mountains to climb and have, you know, legal and financial issues, et cetera. And I was reviewing, because I had to, my casino play in uh, 2016 and 17. And, you know, while I'm well aware that I had a problem and I was gambling far too frequently and with far too much money, I, I saw it in print. I saw it in black and white. Changing tables, the amounts I was wagering, blah, 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 blah. And it made me sick to my stomach. And I was thinking about, you know, I have access to these things, you know, because your lawyers have subpoenaed them and courts have ordered them, that kind of stuff. But it dawned on me that if you want to look back and get an understanding of why your gambling's problematic, just go do a quick bank report or an ATM withdrawal report. And see how often and how active you are and where the money's going. And for a lot of people, I know it is for me, it's a real eye-opener of just how sick I was. And maybe someone doing that today you know, would recognize 
in the moment that it's not healthy what they're doing. You know, I can relate to that, Craig, because I did the same thing a few years ago. I, um, I was cleaning out some files, um, getting rid of stuff I didn't need, and I came across a really thick folder, a couple of them actually, and it was the very same with bank statements. And I had the chance to go through and, and look through month over month how much money was coming in and out of the accounts, where it was going, and it was hard for me to look at that. because that, And that's why we see people in, in early recovery, they admit they have a problem, and then they skip over all the steps in between and just want to go help somebody else because that's part of taking inventory. Like I realized early on, I need to look at and understand a little bit more. I can't just skip around. Like I, I felt that, Craig. Like I agree with you so much. It made me sick to my stomach. And I look back and say, you know, what was I doing? You know, what was I thinking? And, and that's addiction, right? It just you, – you don't have a rhyme or reason sometimes. It, it was the throes of addiction, and it was – everything was happening so fast. Day to day, you're, you're just grasping for straws, and you're just trying to get through the day in the next second. And when you look backwards in that print format like that, yeah, that's powerful, Craig. I agree. It sucks. I'll be honest. You're reading it yeah. because it's like, how can I be so stupid? Like, yeah. you know, there's one casino. I read the report a couple of days ago, and one one building, I made over $100 million worth of wagers. Yeah. Like, it's like, what? It's so yeah. stupid. And I'm looking back on it, and I'm it's every trip. And I'm reading everything I did in that trip. He went from this table to that table. He's betting this amount and that amount. He reshuffled. He blah, 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 blah. And then at the end, it gives you total net wins, total net losses. And I'm looking at the number. I'm going, golly, man. Like, I knew I I know I have a problem. And everyone that said I had a problem was dead on right. But until you see it in black and white, because the reality is there are gambling trips I went on that I don't even remember. Yep. You know, until I read it. And seeing it in black and white was like a reminder to me. And a good reminder. Because I don't want to yeah. be that guy anymore. But yeah. it's sick. It's just disgusting. There were credit cards. When I ordered my um, copy of my credit report, you know, because I had to really take a look. And I, I kind of had to do that. It was kind of ordered to do that. There were cards and accounts that I had opened that I totally forgot about, just like you said. And, and I think some people in my circle, they said, well, how do you forget that you opened up an account? Well, it's easy. You know, it's easy to forget yeah. when you're just going day by day and your brain is so wrapped up. Because now when you look back on clarity, of course, you know, you, we can see things from a totally different lens. But the lens we were looking through, at, you know, when we were doing everything, it was just a lens of, of craziness, a lens of destruction. And, and we don't think twice about it. It's just where am I going to get that next rush, that next fix from? For us, that was our drug. And and we kept getting our hits every day, every second, every 10 seconds. And Wow. You know, it's so crazy that you mentioned that because I thought about that a couple of weeks ago, too. All of those past bank statements and that destruction yeah. and looking at that tangible evidence is, is it, it keeps us doing the work we're doing today. Because I don't want to go back to that. There's, there's one place that said uh, patron carton called. He's coming in with X amount of dollars, uh, <laughs> requested two tables, wants the card shuffled before he gets there. Blah, 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 blah. So disgusting. Right. And then yeah. it said in the comp section. It said $100 comp, Buffalo Wings. <laughs> I'm like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. So here's a casino, you know, I'm wagering, you know, obscene amounts of money in, and they comped me chicken wings. <laughs> uh, you know, 100 bucks for the chicken wings, which is a lot of chicken wings, by the way. That's so, a lot of chicken wings. <laughs> uh, if you ever want uh, your clarity, if you're a mom or dad, a family member out there, a loved one, 
who has someone in their lives that you are concerned about, ask to look at the bank statements. Number one, the gambler's not going to want you to see him, that's for sure. But yeah. if you can get access legally to take a peek at the gambler, the uh, bank statements, the ATM statements for a bank account, it'll be uh, very illuminating and not in a good way. And I think for a lot of gamblers out there, you know, coming face-to-face -face with tangible reality that you can't dismiss, you can't lie, you can't hide, uh, will go a long way to starting the conversation yeah. from a very honest standpoint. So Let's, hopefully that'll add, work for you as well. Yeah, let me just add something, because I, I know when I went back, and I don't know if you felt this way, when I looked at those statements, there was a part of me that wished I had someone there looking at it with me who would support me, because as, as amazed as I was, there was also a part of me that was scared, I was terrified, I, I was heartbroken, you know, I was afraid. And so if, if, you, if you're wondering, you know, you know hey, I, I want to address some of these, these things in my life, but I just, I don't know if I want to do it by myself because I'm afraid it might be triggering, then, then have a sponsor. Have sure. one of your support networks come back and sit beside you because it's got to be a safe place. They're not, you're not looking for judgment. You're looking for someone just to kind of sit next to you while you're looking at some very emotional and maybe really emotionally stirring things that's going to bring back a lot. So maybe don't do it alone if you're not feeling comfortable, but do it with somebody who supports you. Yeah, that's a great tip. Always good talking to you, Dan. Uh, happy Father's Day again, and yeah, uh, we'll you, do bro. this again uh, next week. And always appreciate your time. Sounds great, brother. Have a great week. That's Dan Trelara from Epic Risk Management. We have uh, lots cooking this summer for you, uh, so we look forward to having you with us uh, every uh, Saturday at 9.30 in the morning. Coming up next is my main man, Evan Roberts, and then Evan and I are back together again Monday at 2 o'clock right here on The Fan. Thank you so much for listening to Hello, My Name is Craig.